Hey, welcome to the My Friends Are Cool podcast. My name is Alec, and I feel like I have some pretty cool friends in my life, and I want to share them and my story with them with the podcast world. Each episode is going to consist of different interviews with friends of mine talking about the coolest thing in my life, themselves. So, without any more delay, let's get into this episode. What is up, podcast world? It is Alec, and this is the My Friends Are Cool podcast. I'm here today with my friend, Zach. Um, Zach, you are probably... No, I mean... Uh, you you've been in my life for a very very long time. Um, so before we get into that though, let's uh, tell the people, the wonderful people that are listening, tell us more about you. Who are you? And uh, you know, like what what do you do? Things like that. Just a quick rundown. Well, I think you've made it clear who I am. I am your longest standing friend, Zach, and the world should be aware of that. Especially your other friends who think they may be superior. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, that's basically it. I'm just your best friend. All right. Sweet, sweet. And what do you do? Uh, I do all sorts of things. I work in the fire alarm industry. I'm very involved in our church and the security program and in the worship team. I have a lot of hobbies. I do photography and some light farming stuff and gun stuff and all sorts of things that take up a lot of my time. Mm, And money, right? Absolutely, my money. So um, just to get into like our friendship and everything, like uh, according to you... When and where did we meet? We met most likely in the fellowship hall of the church. Mm. Um, Probably by accident because you were either hiding in a corner being sad (laughs) and I was in the middle of a group of people being sad. So (laughs) that's true. Um, Yeah. I mean, I would, I would agree with that. Uh, So for everyone that's listening that knew me in middle school, I just want to give, or you knew me when I was in middle school. I just want to give you a formal apology that you had to deal with me when I was in middle school. Uh, for those of you that didn't know me in middle school, this is why we're friends now, or you are taking the time to listen to my podcast because it it was rough when I was in middle school. I was that kid that just hid in the corner. Uh, but it's funny because, Zach, you were also that kid, and then we hated each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sometimes every now and then I still see why we hated each other. <laughs> But we've pushed past it. You know, the good is outweighing the bad there. Yes, very much so. And so this was, you know, I mean, I'm 24. You're... You don't know. <laughs> I, I'm, this is over with. I'm not doing this. Uh, no, I... Um, 28? There you go. Okay. All right. That's what I thought. Close um, call. Yeah, very close call. Is that uh, how you lost all your girlfriends? Uh, see, you know, that's that was unnecessary. <laughs> I should, think I, it was totally necessary. I, I should have put that in the rules. Be nice to me. <laughs> Then no uh, one would do the podcast. Uh, that's true. That's true. My life is a constant roast. Uh, but yeah, no, it was funny because we look back and it was very clear that we just did not like each other. And um, and then what what year was that? Would that have been 20, winter 20? That's 2010. 2010? Yeah, 2009. We probably met in 2009, but we didn't really start acknowledging our disdain for each other until 2010, 2011. But, and then that changed... Would that have been, that would have been 2012, winter 2012. It would have been winter 2011 going into 2012. Right, because it would have been basketball season. Mm-hmm. So the church that Zach um, serves at currently is also the one that I grew up at. And every January and February is basketball season. And it's crazy because um, they would do adult women's um, 
pretty much for any any woman that wanted to come play, they would um, have basketball. And it was on Friday nights. And then the rest of the basketball was played on Saturday into Saturday night. And then the the basketball gym was also the sanctuary. And so then it was all put back together for Sunday morning. And Zach and I would spend that time um, getting to know each other because... <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to get into this. We were using each other for information on different girls. The only thing is, is that Zach was successful with his, um, and so yeah, Zach, I am the superior detective in that case. Yes, yes, yes. So Zach had information on the girl that I liked, and then um, I had information on the girl that Zach liked, and then Zach married that girl. Um, who it, it took a while though, because during the time that we're trading information, I'm pretty sure both of them could have cared less that we lived. That's true. That is that is true. And then in that process, also, you worked at a job that was, my house was way closer. So that kind of started the, hey, just come over um, and you can stay the night or whatever. And hey, come over. You can stay here and tell me everything I need to know about this woman. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of how the friendship took off. And then it was just, you know, you would go over to um, Shelby's house and hang out. And, I mean, it just turned into... Um, different things of like, then I was just hanging out with you and Shelby all the time. And that would be us coming back from her house, which would take 30 minutes to get to uh, my parents' house. And, you know, that was typically at, you know, two, three, five. four. Once it was five o'clock in the morning and then I got in trouble. Yeah, that got uh, shut down really quickly. That got shut down real fast. My mom did not like that. Yeah, the Stackley Gestapo stepped in. Yes, and- yes, yes, yes. Um, and so uh, my parents were not uh, dictators by any means, um, but they just did not appreciate the dogs going crazy at five in the morning when we walked in the house. You just didn't train them well enough. No, no. Well, one of them was old. It was honestly impressive that Nikki, that was the name of, the, of our oldest dog at the time, even woke up. Um, so... But, uh, yeah, so we've talked a lot about, we've given a summary of our friendship, uh, but what would you say is your favorite memory of our friendship? That's a hard thing to narrow down because there are so many that are entertaining and also really frustrating. I mean, you almost killed me with a large truck one time. That is true. That is true. So um, in, in that process, well, you share the story. I don't, I don't want to talk all the time. I just recall we both worked at the same landscaping company for a while. And uh, young Alec had just recently <laughs> learned to drive. And, yeah, it's two years, but that's still too recent for you to be driving this. Right. And um, Describe the truck to the people because, I, you know, you say really big truck. That could mean, like, you know, a, a four-wheel well, drive It's truck. not an 18-wheeler, but it's not an F-150 either. You know, it's a, a single-axle crane truck. And it's a manual vehicle, which I don't believe you'd ever attempted to drive at that point. No, this was also explain real quick what a the single axle crane. So you're using these words. I know what you mean, but that is honestly because I've only I drove the truck that almost killed you. So um, just give a brief. It's a medium sized dump truck size vehicle. Right. It's big enough to do a lot of damage, but not so big you have to have a special license to drive it down the road. Like like in in a military in a military movie, the the yeah, truck be like that, a deuce and a half or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like the trucks that you would see, they would probably be carrying uh, soldiers in the back mm-hmm. um, that they would sit in, and then it's like a single cab truck where just two doors, the driver, and then a passenger, and then and then the the uh, bed full of. Um, soldiers. Think, yes, and think then that. that mystery called a clutch to you. Yeah, so apparently when you drive a manual, there's a third pedal. Um, but anyways, go ahead. I will let you tell the, tell the story. I, I can just recall that our, the foreman at the time, Jesse, who was a wonderful 
individual, um, <laughs> had decided that you really needed to learn how to drive a manual truck. And that day was the day you were going to do it by yourself. And, uh, I went down there to kind of coach you through just backing it up and how a clutch and a gas pedal relate to each other. Never minding that I'm standing by the door you have open. And then all of a sudden I'm on the ground looking at the sky, <laughs> man, that door is really hard. Yes. And so what happened was Zach was trying to explain to me in the chaos. So we would come, this was at the end of the day and all the different crews would come in with all the trash that they had picked up throughout the day, um, as landscapers do. And we would dump it out, dump it out in our, um, kind of landfill area that we had. And the craziness of the day of the end of the day was just everywhere. And we had just dumped it out. And honestly, I was ready to go home and Zach, said get in there jesse wants you to learn how to do this thing and i was like okay well what am i doing and then he said lightly let off the clutch and as i did that i didn't even touch anything else but the truck shot forward backwards backwards yes the door was open and you smacked me with the open door in reverse you were back in the truck oh see yeah i have vivid memory of it it was so is, so you're Something. saying that is your favorite memory of our friendship? No, that is just one of my most entertaining ones between that and you flipping over large machinery, attempting also to scare me, summer. attempting to scare me until realizing I was carrying a gun. It's um, true. My personal favorite was when you decided you were going to play the joke on me with the 357 sauce. Ah, yes, yes. So I worked at Firehouse Subs, um, and um, if you have ever been there, you know that uh, one of the things about Firehouse is that they have shelves full of hot sauces. Well, for a while, they carried this sauce called Mad Dog 357. And it was, it's honestly the hottest thing I've ever tried. Um, it just was kind of like hab habanero extract, especially at that time. I had no idea what heat really was as far as food goes. And I was like, ah, oh, this will be real funny to trick Zach into trying this barbecue sauce. So I, I got a little sauce cup of it and took some toothpicks. I was like, hey, Zach. You know, I'm kind of snickering. I'm like, hey, try this hot sauce. And I, I still say the word hot did not come out of your mouth. No, barbecue sauce. I did say uh -huh. barbecue sauce. I said barbecue sauce because I was being real deceptive because I thought this was going to be funny. And uh, keep in mind, this was 16-year-old me. Um, and I, yeah, this was two years before trying to kill Zach. So I tried to kill Zach with hot sauce. And then I tried to kill Zach with a truck. There's a theme here. It's amazing that he's alive. Uh, but I, I, he, I let him try it and then he immediately broke into a sweat and was struggling heavily. Furious. The word you're looking for is I was furious. <laughs> yes. As one would mm -hmm. and stuck in five o'clock traffic in Memphis. Yes. No water in the car. Furious. The AC barely working. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was a car. It was a Ford Taurus and it was full of people. Like we had four people in there and I was one of them and that imagine a six, three, 300 pound kid in the back seat um, who just lets off heat. Just he, I'm, a, I'm honestly, I have been called a human radiator and I don't know how to feel about it, but it is true. I just, it's an odd term, but I'm, I'm a very warm blooded individual. Um, and so anyways, um, I felt bad. So I decided to try it as well. And it was just a terrible ride home. It was a 30 minute drive back to my house and we were sweating both on the inside and the outside. And it was, it was just, a rough, rough time all, all around. Um, and then, Zach, I will let you explain your revenge. Well, I had multiple avenues I wanted to explore, but initially I wanted to wait till you fell asleep and pour it in your mouth, and I was afraid you'd you know, die or something <laughs> like that. 
And uh, since you had basketball practice every day, apparently, I figured that's a good time to really exfoliate your face. Mm. You know, so just pour a nice handful of it in my hand and just give you a good slap across the right side of the face. Which is what happened. And I was like, oh, how funny, whatever. You know, I was kind of upset that I just got hit in the face. Uh, but I was like, I deserve that. What I didn't expect was practice 30 minutes later. You know, we were warming up and everything. And we had just gotten done uh, doing a drill called three on two, two on one. And I, I was sweating pretty, pretty hard. And then all of a sudden, I just felt my face starting to burn. But it was only where Zach had hit me with this hot sauce. And practice was honestly miserable from that point on because it just didn't go away. The burn was just like, I don't know how to describe it. wasn't like it was a dull burn, but it was, it was just annoying. Like I, and it was, it was terrible. And I will never, ever, ever trick anyone into hot sauce again. I can just remember your mom watching me slap you in awe and like, why did you just do this to my baby? <laughs> and me explaining to her the previous day's actions. <laughs> And then her trying the hot sauce and being like, oh, yeah, you totally deserve this. Yes. You, you've earned this. Yes, it was. So, um, so yeah. So, uh, favorite memory. So, that'll move into uh, the next question, which is, what is the funniest moment that we've shared? And I just want you guys to know that I have asked Zach to think of me as he shares this memory and know that I have other episodes to do. Um, and, you know, if... If I if I lose all listeners, any listeners after this, if there are any listeners, then I'm sorry. I don't know. The unfortunate truth is if I were to share my funniest moments of you, I don't think your parents could listen to the podcast because they would be ashamed of me and probably you too. <laughs> um, but it's difficult because I lived with you for three years. Was it only three? It was only three. You know, You left in the midst of that and just left me here with your family like my real parents did but okay okay um, zach was adopted just to clarify for everyone by wolves clearly but okay. it's hard to isolate one funniest moment because there's so many that's true yeah, i can remember quint sleeping in your room and you smacking him with a pillow in the middle of the night <laughs> and him raising up like a zombie from the dead groaning three times and then falling right back to sleep um that was a great time I can remember laughing at you trying to hit stop signs with IBC bottles at three in the morning on the way home from my then girlfriend's parents' house. Now wife. And you missing every single one. Okay, and I don't litter anymore. I have learned my, from my mistakes. You yeah. throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, but during that time, it was, well, I missed. Stop and get another six-pack of root beer, drink it, and let me try it again. True, but also we didn't stop again. You said, no, that's stupid, and we moved on. Well, that and I had a stomachache because you made me drink a six-pack of root beer. That's fair. Yeah. But I don't know that I actually have a genuine favorite funny memory. I think the one that sticks out the most is when you were learning to parallel park because you just had it in your head that you're going to have to parallel park in, in Fayette County. In great state of Tennessee. And I come home from work. I say home, it's you know your house, but I come home from work, and you got this little short, compact, awful car you called the Aztec. <laughs> Pontiac Aztec. It was my first car. It was actually my mom's car. Then I hit a pole with it, so it then quickly became my car. <laughs> oh, that brings up a whole new memory. Oh, <laughs> I, I was trying to save the oatmeal, and I hit a gas line. What do you want? Yeah, no, it definitely was on my phone. Oh, yeah, we knew that. But <laughs> you held on to that lie for a long, long time. Yeah, so. Well, so whenever my mom listens to this, and I'm going to get a call. 
I'm pretty sure she already knows. Mm, probably. Yeah, I can just remember being like, dude, try parking something for real in that little spot. And you go, no, I've got this. Taking my truck and just barreling clean over whatever you had set up to parallel park between. That is true. Yes, um, that was that was a good time. I honestly thought, uh, I, I don't know, this is one of my one of these memories that like it is incredibly embarrassing, but also speaks to everything I was when I was younger. Um, so we had this, um, I don't know. It was like, so it was, we had this family at our church. Um, it was the worship pastor's family, uh, the niece family, awesome people, love them, miss them, come back, visit sometime. If you guys ever listen, uh, Gary, Jill, Sarah, Isaiah, miss you guys. Um, but they had this big farm that we would all go to. And I think it was 4th of July one year and I got it on a four wheeler with this girl that, <laughs> <laughs> that I fancied very much. So, um, uh, fancied cause very I don't, much so. I don't really know. Like it wasn't really an infatuation. It was more of like one of those, like to all, all the guys out there, you know what it's like when you see this girl, it's like, I have no shot, but why not give it a shot anyways? You know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take 17 year old dude, tall brunette and short shorts. True. You were sprung. Well, I think, was I 17? I think I was only, I think I was younger. Well, no, I was driving at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it was it was great anyways. Uh, great time. But uh, we drove around, and Zach hadn't seen me leave with this girl on the back of the four-wheeler. But as I came back, I rounded a corner, and I remember the joy I felt. I could see every tooth in your head. You were smiling <laughs> so big. So this girl just sitting on the back of the four wheeler, not having any clue what's going through your head. Not and not even it wasn't even like one of those things where like you see in the movies where the girl like wraps her arms around you. Is she? She's not even touching you. No, she was literally just holding like that back cage that's on the back of every four wheeler. Just like oh yeah, it's good good time, good time, and yeah, that was that was honestly a, a great time. Um, I thought that was that was funny. But then Zach, look, it's a real girl. It's real. She's real. Yeah, I didn't have much luck with girls. Still don't. Um, so mm. you'll see if you stick with this podcast long enough. As I've said before, my friends are way more interesting in me, than me, especially all my guy friends because they have way more luck. They've had way more luck with girls because most of them are married at this point, and I'm not. Um, and so that's okay. You know, it's not a bad thing. It's just part of life. You also tend to hang out with people much older than you. So there's that. that that's true as well. Um, and so, but yeah, and then, but I think, um, so that's a story I thought you were going to share, but I think the funniest moment that comes to mind honestly is, uh, when we were working on the house that my parents currently live in and by we, I mean, I was working. I knew this would be your favorite moment. Well, it's because it's funny. Like it's it honestly is. like. And it also just speaks well to our friendship. Um, but we were, I was working on the foundation, trying to chip away excess concrete and stuff. And um, Zach came over and after work and after his work and he and I were talking and uh, he said something. You said, I don't remember what it was specifically, but you were I don't like, know. I was like, I could be an engineer or something stupid like that. Yeah. You were like, I, and I said, and I was my all the blood had rushed to my head because I was um, bending over working on this thing, and like my head, I popped up as I said this, so the blood was rushing out of my head. So I was real lightheaded, not thinking clearly, and uh, I was like, "Well, Zach, you could have been a lot of things, but you weren't because you didn't go to college." And <laughs> I will never forget the fear that I felt as those words came out of my mouth. It was definitely one of those moments where it was 
a situation where the filter turned off for half a second, and as it came back on, it tried to reach for the words, but it was too late. I think you actually reached for them a little bit. <laughs> and Zach stood up, and he said, yeah, well, I could help you, and I don't really remember what... I just remember you throwing whatever was in your hand, which was like this weird... I don't even know what that tool was called, but I was, I was terrified for my life, genuinely. I was both raging and beaming with pride at the same time <laughs> because I was a very insecure individual in this time, middle school, high school. I like really, it wasn't really till senior year when I really started to lose weight that I started to become more confident myself. Um, but I was very insecure. And so I didn't really joke around with people much, uh, to that extent to where that something like that could genuinely be hurtful to anyone, but you. Um, and so, yeah, but, um, no, those are good memories. Honestly, going down memory lane, it's going to be the best part about all this. So I don't think I've been burned that bad since then either. Really? Yeah, most people don't really do that. I mean, it, it has nothing to do with your incredibly intimidating personality. No, I don't think so. I'm a teddy bear. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, Zach, tell me, what are you passionate about? What gets you out of bed? What, you know, what gets you through the long work days? Because unless you're super passionate about fire alarm systems all of a sudden... I don't know what... Uh, I mean, as much as my boss would love for me to say that I am just thrilled to go hands deep into a simplex fire alarm panel every day, I think we'd all know that was a lie. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I'm passionate about a lot of things, you know. I really enjoy creation and all of nature and everything that God has created and given to us and being able to explore it. And especially if I can see things that I don't think a lot of people have seen before me. Um, sometimes I think about how cool it would be to go back a couple hundred years and be one of the first explorers, you know, barring dysentery and starvation and all that other really bad stuff. Right. Just to be the first one to lay eyes on something so breathtaking. Mm -hmm. Um, but also surprising as it is because I frequently proclaim that I hate people. I'm really passionate about people mm -hmm. and, um, emotion and, what goes on in the inner workings of a person's mind. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really passionate about specifically the people I'm close with. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm protective and not only in the sense of, I don't want physical harm to befell my fellow man, but I also just don't want my friends to be emotionally damaged. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes I can get carried away with that, I think, but Right. Those are the things I'm primarily passionate about. Yeah. Uh, dive in more to, um, I think you explained the nature thing well, um, but uh, dive into, you know, you say you're protective and everything and about the people that you care about. Because ultimately this podcast is about me. It's about my friends. And, um, and so I think it's cool and it'd be fun to like hear you kind of dive more into like, what do you mean by you're protective of the people that you care about and like what, you know, you talk about physically, but also emotionally. And then just like, also you enjoy the inner workings, like in the brain of like, you know, just cause that's something that I have seen, you know, cause you've asked questions, you, you know, um, you've asked questions to me, like in different conversations that it really formed how I asked questions. Um, and, and then was, and it's just kind of cool to see now as we are talking, I can actually, Really, like, I had a conversation tonight on my way here um, to the house, uh, and I was asking a lot of questions, just really trying to dig into it. And, I don't know, it's kind of kind of cool now that I'm thinking through it. It's like, I mean, that was something that was formed and, like, the foundations of how I approach conversations 
really started with our conversations, that would be at two in the morning in the bed of your truck with lawn chairs as we drank Orange Crush or an IBC root beer and just gazed at the stars, you know, um, especially in the winter. I don't know why. I mean, I know why we picked the winter more than the summer to do it because in Tennessee, the winters are, they are enjoyable if you have a thick enough coat on, but also the, I mean, the West Tennessee sky in the winter is just absolutely beautiful. But it is. anyways, dive more into that. Um, so I guess one of the things that I'm really fascinated about when we talk about the inner workings of people is patterns. Um, and living with you for three years, I noticed a lot of <laughs> patterns. Um, I've always been interested in seeing how people can grow up in the same area. And I was discussing this with Shelby the other day. Shelby is his wife. Um, I had seen a Facebook post from someone who you could say has almost lived the same life I have. They've grown up in the same area. They go to the same church. You know, They enjoy similar things. Not the same things, but similar things. And they made a political post that could not be further away from what I believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I told Shelby, it's fascinating to me that people can live so closely and be so vastly different based on just the little trivial things that happen to them every day. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have big events like my parents leaving and me being adopted, um, the friendships you create over time and marriages and family deaths and moving and all these big things. But you don't really think about the little things you see every day and how they craft your character and the way you think and the way you view the world. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I enjoy doing Um, which is basically what you're doing right now. What I'm getting to know someone is to ask them questions and sit back and listen and see what I can learn from them and see what I can gain from them. Because I think everybody has something to offer, whether there's someone I agree with completely or not. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think anybody has a completely wasteful mind and mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as being protective of my friends, I think part of that comes from fighting with depression on and off through my life. Um, I see a lot of people who also struggle with it and different people that comes through different ways. You know, you have some people that deal with like a seasonal depression, you know, winter time is hard on their body and chemical imbalances and other people, life events strike them hard and they get depressed but I think experiencing that and fighting that for so long and the hurt that it goes through has made me not want anyone else to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And so I try to be listening and to be able to give advice to my friends when possible, but sometimes to also mind my own business because I've started to learn that giving out bad advice is way worse than not giving any at all. Mm. That's, that is, that is a, Wow. Yeah. Got me there. Now, as far as being physically protective of people, because that is something I'm very passionate about as studying people and their patterns, you notice that not everybody really thinks about the people that are out to hurt them every day or the little things like, uh, the sidewalk is cracked and I could trip over it. Right. And I don't think everyone should have to think that way. Right. I think it's unfortunate that they don't, at least a little bit. Right. But in the church setting and in any real social setting, 
that brings in the need for people like me who want to look over and to sheepdog these people right? so that they can sit and enjoy their time without worrying about anything. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's honestly awesome. Love all that. So thank you for sharing all of that. Um, and so, you know, next question, um, only got a, a couple more here. Um, but, uh, you know, what, uh, what is, what is a biblical truth that you wish you had believed or even heard sooner in life? I wish that I had believed that I didn't have to carry my own shame. Okay. Because I think that that is one of the roots of my depression. Mm -hmm. And it's still something I struggle with is not bringing it to the table, giving it over to God and letting it go. Right. Um, Especially younger me, any little thing that I did that was sinful or that I felt was bad, I just carried it. Mm -hmm. And even sometimes still, I'll go grab the shovel and dig that back up and rummage through the box and see what I can feel bad about, right? Right. But I really wish that younger me could realize that I could just let go of that. Right. For sure. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the the verses of like, you know, lay your burdens down. And um, I think it's in First Peter or Second Peter. This is why memorizing scripture is important. But, you know, it talks about what the fruits of the spirit are not or like the marks of a, a non-believer are. And like, I think shame is in there. I could be wrong. But, I, you know, shame is, is not of is not from God by any means. Um, and I, I think one of the most helpful things with that, cause I relate to that. Um, and, and I, um, I definitely understand what you're saying. I think that there's this book called gospel primer and I will always endorse gospel primer. It's by Milton Vincent. Um, you give it a read. It, uh, is like at most a hundred pages. Um, it's, it's wonderful, but there's, one of the passages in there that he, he talks about how, you know, just like, just like we know what we struggle with and just like we told God what we struggle with. Satan also knows what we struggle with and he's really good at really throwing that in our face, whatever sin it may be. And, um, that was a real transformative truth. So it's just, it's just cool that like that. I think I would also echo that and say, the same thing, but for completely different reasons, you know, um, I have been fortunate to, to not have to, um, go down the road of that battle with, with depression and, um, you know, uh, and not that it's like, I've had a a better life or anything like that. I've just not, I, that's not a struggle that I've had to, to work through. Not that, but, um, there are other struggles that I've had, but I would echo the, the need for letting go of shame, um, for sure. So, um, but no, I, I really appreciate you, you sharing that. Um, that was, that was really awesome. Um, so the final question, which is honestly my favorite question, um, and the one I'm most excited about, uh, but when you think about our friendship, um, and, and I mean, it's been going, we, so we land on 2012 is when the friendship started. Yeah, sure. So we're looking at, you know, eight years now, um, what, what what song comes to mind and why? I had not prepared for that one. I sent you the questions. You did, and I looked at the other ones, you know, the, the biblical ones that right. I actually need to prepare for, and I guess I completely skipped over that one. What song comes to mind and why? 
That's kind of a, a hard question to answer because it's hard to to wrap eight years of friendship right. up in a song. Right. You know? Um Especially since we do share similar taste in music. We've been to a lot of the same concerts and we like a lot of the same bands. I don't know. You gotta come up with something. I can't I share come mine. Up with something, I can't share mine until you share yours. Man, that is genuinely hard, which is silly because I have such a vast library of music that I listen to. But right. You're going to have to like edit this waiting time way <laughs> down. I'm going to go get some crickets for the awkward silence. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. You take your time. I'm going to make sure that I actually have the title of this right. Okay, cool. Okay, I'm glad I, I'm glad I Googled it because I wouldn't have said the right the right title. So. You'd have said a title and I'd be sitting over here trying to figure out what song you're talking about? No, I would have said the lyrics and then you would have been like, ah, yes, this one. Ah, uh, that happens a lot. That's okay. yes. So while Zach is trying to figure out which which song, I will give everyone some insight. So you know, um, I definitely, being a a Christian, uh, a Bible you know believing Christian guy, went through that phase of um, you know liking bands like Skillet and Lecrae or Skillet, and then people like Lecrae when I was in middle school um, and Skillet being a rock band, Lecrae being a rapper, um, both with Christian values and biblical values. And it was the Skillet route, the rock route that Zach and I really connected on and um, really uh, dove deep in, into that. And uh, my music taste has grown since exponentially because in middle school it was just rock music, rap music, and then whatever Christian music was on the radio. Um, and so it has grown a lot, but Zach looks like he has an answer. It's one you won't expect because it's a song I guarantee you that you've never heard. Okay. So there's a local band that I grew up listening to that I will not endorse because they're definitely not a Christian band, but they're called Egypt Central, and they have a song called Backfire. Okay, right? I have not heard this song. Um, the song involves losing friendships and the desire to leave Memphis specifically. Right. Um, and knowing the people of the band and how it's evolved and how they've all eventually come back to hometown. Right. And knowing how, when we were younger, I really wanted to leave this place. I hated it. Mm -hmm. And you felt the same way, but I don't think it was as strongly as I did. Right. And then, you know, Almost a decade later, that role is reversed. Right. And you're out, and I'm here, and I don't want to leave. Right. You know, I've found home here. Um, but you should check out the song because the lyrics are very, very much related to some of the friendships that you and I have had in common that mm -hmm. we no longer have anymore. Right. And just the general feeling of an upset youth wanting to run away. Mm Hmm. Wow. No, I, that's not what I was expecting. Now, for the people that are listening that want to go look up this song, should they expect a slow song or should they expect a heavy metal song? It's it's not a it's a rock ballad. It okay. Okay. Cool. So you know, just to give a little bit more insight, so Zach very much leans on the like I don't want to say extreme side, but like the heavy side of rock. Yeah. Um. You know, and so. Um, you know, like I the, scare people when I get out of my truck at Kroger. Yes. Right. Yes. There you go. Um, and so, um, but you know, so we connected that. So what was the name of that song? Backfire. Backfire by Egypt, Egypt Central. Central. Does that mean they're from Raleigh, Egypt? 
Yes. Okay, cool. Raleigh, Egypt is in North Memphis. It's a, would you call it a suburb? Yeah, it's it's a suburb. It's not an actual city, is it? No. Okay, that's cool. Egypt Uh, Central is also a road, if you didn't know. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so... Because you know, what's more rock music than naming your band after the local street? Right, exactly, exactly. Um, Or country music, you know. I mean, I think that's one of Thomas Rhett's most popular songs. Absolutely. Centerpoint, was it Centerpoint Drive? I think so. I actually drove past that road on the way home. I don't like Thomas Rhett that much, so I couldn't tell you truthfully. Well, that's okay. You know, he's not... The debate is whether or not he's actually country. You know, we can have that a different time. I don't want to get into that (laughs) podcast. Yeah, you're right. Um, And so... Um, yeah, so, uh, I had two songs come to mind and I can't really decide between the two, uh, because I think that they both, um, show different sides of our relationship. So the first one is, um, Scar, Scars by Papa Roach, um, which one of the main lines in that is my weaknesses that I care too much. And, um, Zach helped me through just figuring out how to process feelings for a girl that had no interest in me, but would sometimes show interest and then be like, ah, never mind, I'm gone. Um, he still doesn't know that that's actually most girls, but whatever. Now that's something I'll have to cut out because that's just, that's, <laughs> I disagree with that. Uh, but you uh, can disagree with facts all you want to. Okay, stop. <laughs> that comment. I want people, I don't want to have to edit this stuff out. I'm not good at it. Uh, but no, I, I don't think that all girls are like that. I just think that this was a time where a middle school boy or yeah, a middle school boy had a crush on a high school senior and the high school senior was like, you're in middle school. What are you doing? Um, and I didn't know what to do with that. So, um, uh, you know, uh, but, um, and so, yeah, I just remember that song. It's not a song that I ever, I just, I don't know. I remember I was struggling with it one night and you sent that to me. I think I listened to it twice that night, but I never listened to it again. And yet like that was still a song that, I don't know, it just came to mind. Um, and so there, there's that one, but then there's also, um, Failure by Breaking Benjamin, which is just a song that, like, I I got asked, like, if there was one song you could take, what song would it be? Or if someone was like, what's the most meaningful song? And, like, you know, you and I have talked before about how Breaking Benjamin has always been one of those bands where it's like, I connect with their music and their lyrics, and I have no idea why. Um, and uh, I just always have. Um, even their older stuff to their newer stuff. Um, and so, and um, anyways, but Failure is... Um, and, and Papa Roach and Breaking Benjamin are two very well-known rock bands, especially in the mid-2000s punk era. You know, they were they were huge. Um, yeah, I think Scars is almost as old as you are, actually. Really? It's mm-hmm. that old? Uh, let's find out. Because right, I thought it said... My best guess is going to be 2005, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was earlier. Let's see. There is no... No, released in 04. Yeah, I was going to say, Last Resort was their first big hit, right? Yeah, sure. I don't know. I was 12. Fair, 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 fair. Uh, but yeah, so failure, it just, that song literally is everything that the title would, I mean, the entire song is just about failure. And we listened to that on the way to um, Holt and Remy's farm because the the album released, and this was before either one of us had really gotten onto streaming music um, and you had bought the CD. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was my first time listening to it. And I remember listening I mean, to the entire thing, because Breaking Benjamin, the first half of their music was very much about um, uh, Benjamin. How do you say his last name? Burley? Burnley. Burnley. 
Burley? I don't know, one of the two. Yeah, but it was just very much about his personal struggles and everything. But the second, their, their second half of their life as a band has had a lot of Christian under undertones in its writing. And I remember... I remember failure specifically because of that entire, you know, um, dark to dawn album. Um, but failure just stuck out. And I think it was just like, that was the epitome of our, the relationship between us, especially with music was just enjoying the discovery of it together. I remember, you know, whether it be like skillet releasing another album or, or red or disciple disciple, um, you know, nine lashes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> their first album. And then after that, it was kind of like, eh. you should listen to the latest one. Really? Is that, is that good? I saw it and I was like, ah, I it's wonder actually music again. Okay. That's good. That's good. Um, and so, you know, different things like that and then going to different concerts and all of that. Um, and, and then you, following you through your brief time exploring what it looked like for you to be a musician and, and, and playing your local shows that you were and, and everything. And, and so I don't know, those are just the two songs that came to mind. And, um, and then I don't know, gone away by safety suit just came to mind, but that was kind of like a, that was just a weird time, but then also very much relates to me now. It's, I feel like every time I come home, it's like, tell me all the things that I'll be missing here in this old life, which is one of the main lines in the course of mm-hmm. gone away by safety suit. And I can remember listening to that the day before I flew to South Dakota for a job right. interview. And I was like, that's kind of weird timing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you don't know the song, you don't really understand where that's going in my head, but it's very much a song about not wanting to leave. Right. And it's like, but it's also at the same time, it's like the song ends with I'm leaving and this is reality. And mm-hmm. it's a very slow and very sad song. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I asked you for one song and I, I answered with three. Um, but I was this was I was very interested to see if we had even remotely close to the same song, and I should have known with how our brains operate in two completely different ways. No, that's not gonna happen. That wasn't gonna happen. Uh and so yeah, so I mean that's that's it, you know. This has been fun. Um I'm excited. I'm about to interview your wife next, and I think that that is gonna be an incredible time. Um, so, you know, that, uh, yeah. So thank you for, um, thank you for joining the, my friends are cool podcast for this week's episode, um, with, with Zach and, uh, yeah, Zach, you have any, any final words to give to, to the great people listening? I do not. I thank you for having me on and I'm honored to be your first interviewee. Well, just yeah. let me have this, man. <laughs> I made it almost the whole way without yelling at you, and you ruined it. See what you did? You see what you've done. No, I'm going to have to edit it out. No, you're not. You're going to leave that because this is who your friends are. That's true. If you edit it out, then that's not really who your friends are. Right. My friends are cool. So we will, well, not we, I will talk to you guys next time. And uh, yeah, see you guys later.